0: episode 46 we're back i bet you're wondering dave this is this is a wednesday you post on you post on fridays well you did like three three weeks like a month ago you used to post on fridays well guess what i'm back and i'm kind of the same but different i bet you thought i was gonna say better than ever nope that's not what i was gonna say i thought about it but it didn't make sense in this context of what we're gonna talk about but welcome back episode 46. Now I know I've been away for, in my head it's three weeks, but it might be four weeks like statistically. So I'm not sure. I'm not positive on how long I've been gone, but I've been gone for a couple of weeks. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm super upset that I haven't been posting and that I didn't do the podcast and that I let down um, at least my homie Brett. I know for sure my homie Brett listened to every episode. Maybe my homie Vincent. There's a few people I let down. And I say a few, it's probably like two, maybe three. Even my mom was like, have you been posting your podcast? I was like, no, I haven't. And um, I owe you guys an explanation. So to start this, to start this uh, episode off, I wrote down three questions that I think that are very important. And number one would be, where have I been? Where have I been? What have I been doing? I haven't been posting. I post it every week for like nine months. Um, Where have I been? I've been in a weird spot in life. I've been in a difficult position. But um, it's somewhat familiar. This, this space that I've been in, I've been in before in my life. It seems to be a reoccurring battle I have. And every time I, I engage into this battle, into this conflict, I feel like I get stronger and I feel like I get... Uh, more aware of why it happens. So, um, I don't really remember even what I talked about on episode 45. I know it was like, what a week. I know I quit a job and then I quit another job. I, so to be fair to myself, I did record one episode, um, and I recorded it and I had every intention of posting it. But the more I thought about it, and I was like, this is just me sitting on a soapbox, talking about how like it was just poor me poor me I fucked up I'm not in a good position uh I'm sad I'm upset I'm depressed not that there's anything wrong with that I just didn't think it was a good episode and the more I thought about it I was like I'm not posting that I would rather I like came down to convictions I was like I would rather miss weeks of posting Than to post some bullshit like that. To where me like 8 months ago. Did post something like that. Where I was like hey I don't have anything to talk about. I had a bad day. I had a bad night. I can't think about anything. Blah 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 blah. I did that once. And I did that maybe twice. I wouldn't do it a third time. Because if you do it a third time. It just. I don't know. There is an air of like honesty to it. That's like oh this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm thinking about. But at a certain point. I feel like people just look at that. Not not even as weakness, because that's just how I view it, but I feel like other people view it as like, I really don't want to hear this guy complain about how he lost a job, and how he quit a job, and how he quit another, like, nobody wants to hear about that, you know what I mean? So here we are, episode 46, where have I been? Well, I've been there, I've been out of a job, I've been somewhat unemployed, and I've been in between jobs, I've been interviewing, I've been posting Uh, resumes and applications on Indeed four, five, six times a day. That's where I've been. Uh, The second question is, what have I been up to? Kind of answered that in the first part. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I've been interviewing. I've been putting myself out there on the market. Um, I've been looking at different jobs, different career paths, uh, different angles, different avenues uh, to go in life. A lot of these are just buzzwords I'm making up on the fly, but that's where I've been. I've been out there, you know, I've been out in the real world, you know. I took a break from my pseudo-intellectual, pseudo-creative, you know, world I've created in this corner of my room. And I went out there, and I did some things, and I dropped off dozens of resumes. I printed out resumes, I even stapled them, and uh, I handed them out. And I talked to multiple managers and, and people on shift, and I did all these things, and that's where I've been. And number three, the third question, why haven't I been posting, especially with all this free time since I don't have a job? Now that one I kind of covered in the beginning because I kind of came into this hot and I usually when I come in this hot, I fucking scrap the take and I don't use it. I just fucking, I restart and I regroup. I'm not doing that tonight. It's fucking 422 in the morning. Not going to lie. I've had a couple of drinks, but I've had a good day. I've had a good couple of days. I've had a good week. And I feel in control of what uh, is, is being said in this podcast. And that's kind of why I got ahead of myself. But why haven't I been posting? Why I said it? I did I did record something and I was going to post it. But when I thought about it, I was like, this is just a really sad, like beaten down man who wants to. It was like I was trying to gain sympathy, even though it's that might not how it comes across. Like if I would have posted that episode, that's how it felt to me. And I remember recording it in the morning, still staying awake. Like I, So when I worked at the gas station, the job I quit, I used to come home on Friday mornings. I would get, like, Dunkin' or I would make a cup of coffee or have a Coke with coffee. I would do something. I'd come record. I'd record the pod, and then I would post it. And then in a couple hours, I would send it out on all my socials, Facebook, Snapchat, um you know, people in, in, in IRL and shit, and I would send it all out. So I haven't had a schedule in a while. So for me, it's really hard to get in like the mood to record. Um, when, when you lose a schedule, when you lose like, um, when you lose that routine, that hard nose schedule of I work these days. And when I get off, I do this to be creative. When you lose that, I feel like for some people maybe that creative just takes over everything. For me that wasn't the case. Like um <laughs> my buddy Vincent, when I was working at the Dollar Tree, I was working like 20 hours a week, and I remember when I told him I first got the job at the gas station uh at Cumberland Farms, he said, "I know you have to feel good about that cuz Dave's always worked. Like since I was 14, bro, I've been working." So like even he knew that like if I don't have a schedule, if I don't have a place to go, I will procrastinate. I will do nothing. It is a fucking terrible disease I have. I wouldn't even say it's laziness. It's just more procrastination. Like if if there's nothing for me to do, I will choose to do nothing. Even if I have like creative sparks, and even if I have ideas that I want to put, you know, pen to paper, or even if there's, you know, concepts I really want to fucking try to get out there. There's just this part of me that just won't do it because it's like, why do anything if I don't have to? And it's a, it's a, it's a demon I struggle with. And that's why I haven't been posting because I haven't had a schedule. And for me, it was always like the way I look at it. I'm fucking leaning on this desk. Excuse me for any background noises. I'm leaning on this desk a lot and I can hear it creaking now that I think about it. But anyways, when I think about it the most, when I really made a lot of music and when I was super creative in my life, it was when I was working two jobs in Chicago and I had no other outlets. I had, nothing, I had nothing else going for me other than those jobs, my apartment, and my money. So when I had any sort of break from those jobs or from that reality, I would create. You know what I mean? So if you take away that, like, I know it seems counterintuitive. Like, you think if you take away that schedule, if you took away those those jobs and those shifts, I would just be uber creative. But it's complete opposite. If I don't have anything to push me to be creative, I would just revert into not being creative. I would just revert into just being a being. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I've been. I've been in one of those situations where I was uh, I was depressed for like a week or two. I was really kicking myself that I left a, a full-time job with benefits and, and all and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Whatever fucking excerpt you want to put in there. But um, I didn't want to be there anyway. You know, that's something. Um, maybe I talked about it in episode forty-five. I really don't remember. I'm coming off a hiatus, and I didn't prep myself for the last episode. Cause no offense, I think episode forty-five was dog shit. I think that was just a uh, a young man trying to come to terms with what happened. And now this is a somewhat older young man telling you how it is. Um, and that's how it is. And I feel like, one, I took a risk. I took a leap of faith. Um what what i was going to do was go work at a gun factory where i could have like you know become a, a machinist and learned a trade and yada 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 but it was dog shit it was terrible it was not a place i saw myself working for the the further i got into that shift i was like this is not for me um but also i don't i didn't want to be at that gas station anymore I, as much as i loved working overnight shifts and being by myself my anxiety was through the roof. I didn't like doing what I was doing. I didn't really feel good about it. And uh, I think it led to a lot of problems in my life. I mean, I gained a lot of weight. I have a significant amount of anxiety from that job. And um yeah. So uh that's why I haven't been posting. So, what are we? Like 10 minutes in. It's a good. This is a good fucking segue. 10 minutes in. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that opening rant to to further along some of these um Things I've brought up. I have been looking for jobs. Now, that's a big... It's a big, like, uh, bone I have to pick with America right now. So listen up, America. And listen up other countries who are listening for Mystery Downloads if you want to get an insight about America. Um... Everybody in America says people don't want to work right now. You ask anybody in the world. You ask fucking blue collar, white collar, average Joes, old people, young people. Nobody wants to work right now. It's fucking bullshit. I'll tell you why it's bullshit. Because Corporate America doesn't want to hire full time people because if they hire full time people, they have to pay fucking benefits and give you options and vacation time. They have to treat you like you're worth something, you know? So everybody out there posts that they're hiring full time, and then when you go to fucking interview, they tell you it's part time and it's 20 hours a week. It's absolute dog shit. It is fucking fraud. It is false advertising in reverse, you know? Like, you know how when a company false advertises, it's like the consumer that sues. The producer, the, the the corporate entity. No, 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 no. This time, well, I guess it's the same. That wasn't a good analogy. My point is that fucking corporate America is posting that they're hiring fucking full-time, and they're fucking not. I've interviewed... Literally like 10 places and I go in I ask if it's full-time because that's what they posted online They go, oh, it's like 30 hours. Oh, it's like 20 hours. I'm like, so it's not full-time So you guys lied. So you're not hiring full-time. They're like, well, I mean we are but like not off the rip I'm like, what does that mean? Like What the fuck does that mean? One guy told me yeah, we don't hire full-time We'll give you like 20 30 hours and if somebody quits then we'll give you full-time I was like that doesn't seem like this is a place where I want to work, buddy, that seems like you guys are fucking assholes, and if people quit, you, like, move up the people who don't quit, um, and this specific place, you know, what? fuck it, they didn't call me back, so I'm a some. it was a UPS store, it was a UPS store in Palm Bay, Florida, and you know what, there was a couple of fucking cute girls working there, I was like, I could work here, you know, I could get used to this being my manager, she's kind of cute, who knows if she has a man or a boyfriend, you know, whatever, like, I could work here, No, that guy was like, yeah, for an interview, we have people come in and work for an hour and we see if they can handle it. I was like, motherfucker, if you expect me to come in here and work, if you expect me to come in here and work this fucking counter and this computer, you better be fucking paying me, bro, because I'm not fucking coming in for no fucking internship. You know what I'm saying? You're going to fucking pay me.
1: Anyways,
0: this guy was talking to me like I was a fucking moron. He was like, have you ever worked with a computer before? I was like, yes, I'm 25. I I literally had computer classes in elementary school. I know how to work a computer. He's like, well, you know, this is kind of serious. I'm like, dude, this is a UPS store. You're asking people their name, the address they want to send it to, and a phone number like... Relax, buddy. It's not that serious, bro. It's really not. It's really not as fucking serious as you're trying to make it. This is a UPS store, okay? We're sending fucking packages here, buddy. You know, people do this fucking a thousand times a day. It's not that serious, bro. If Jeff Bezos can make a billion dollars off of this shit, it's not that serious, you know what I mean? So that's why I try to tell him it's not that serious, and he never called me back. I actually had a full-time, so this is the funniest, this is two funny things, um, then I'm gonna keep going as long as I'm talking for full-time employment, I had two full-time jobs lined up, and I'm gonna dox them both, (laughs) cause fuck them, I had a full-time job lined up at Goodwill, um, as a cashier making $13 an hour, fucking Pedro, I don't know his last name, but I should have doxxed him. Hey, fucking Pedro on the email was supposed to send me a bunch of shit before, like, Monday or Tuesday before I went into work. He never sent me the emails I needed to complete what I needed to complete before I went in on Monday and Tuesday com- to complete my training. So I just never went back to that job. They never even called me back. They didn't even give a fuck. Like, they, didn't, they could give a fuck less that I wasn't provided with what I needed to be provided with to get this job to then come in for my training. They just didn't give a fuck. Then I applied for a pawn shop because I used to work at a pawn shop a couple years ago. I worked there for three years. I was a pawn broker, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I applied for Cash America, bro. I applied. This man's name, Ruben, he fucking was a manager. He was like, he was on my dick, bro. He's calling me back. He sent me voicemails like, hey, man, I need you to come in. I need you to do an interview. Then he was calling me again being like, I need you to do this background check. I need you to fill out this paperwork, yada, yada, yada. Fucking three weeks later, it's almost been a month. I haven't heard dick from Ruben. Not a fucking peep, nor a nor nor a, a tweet, nor a fucking uh, a whisper in the wind. Nothing from Ruben. I haven't heard shit from Ruben, okay? And listen, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but my fucking criminal background, it was like misdemeanors when I was 18, okay? That shit doesn't even count, alright? So the fact, I didn't fail no fucking background check, you know what I'm saying? So fucking Ruben hasn't called me back, and that shit really done pissed me off, so, you know... I've had a couple opportunities, and I wouldn't even say I squandered them. I'd say they squandered me, you know? That's how I'm going to fucking look at it. I'm the fucking diamond on the market, you know? You know? I'm that Mockingbird that's going to sing, you know what I'm saying? And you fucking missed out, okay? So Mockingbird ain't going to sing no more. And if that diamond ring don't shine... I forgot the rest of that song So Fucking That's what it is You know what I'm saying But Yeah man I had a couple like Full time positions That I would like Applied for And actually did some due diligence. Fucking god damn it There you go Episode 46 What are we 16 minutes in I already fucked up my words I did my due diligence I still fucked that up Fuck you to anybody Who's counting those Um I did My due diligence And none of them Fucking panned out for me Alright Ugh but as I said, that's not my fault. that's on them. And um, I think more than anything this is something I, this is something I'll tell to people who are my age and, and even younger than me if you're like 18, even 16, 17, early 20s listen to this podcast if you found it somehow. if you encounter a place like that that uh, like when I took the interview for Goodwill, I waited up front. I showed up at the time I had uh, originally like talked to the person who ever called me about setting up the interview. I showed up 15 minutes early. I ended up waiting 30 minutes past the time I was supposed to be there for an interview. And nobody was willing to help me out. If you encounter places like this, that should tell you what kind of workplace it is. And you should kind of think to yourself, do I really want to work at a place where like they're urgently hiring but yet they couldn't be fucked to take this interview to the office to actually interview them. And then the same thing with uh, the pawn shop. Do you really want to work for a place where it's imperative that you fill out this paperwork and then you fill it out and then it takes them a month to get back to you? Imagine you needed a day off and it was two weeks away. You really want to wait four weeks to realize that you're two weeks too late for that day off? Even with Goodwill, bro, I took a fucking drug test. I went and took a drug test the weekend before I got hired. They still couldn't be fucked. They, the company paid for me to go take that drug test. They paid that fucking urgent care, test lab, whatever it was, they paid for that, they paid money out of their own pockets for me to be an employee there, and they didn't give a fuck, they couldn't be fucked to follow up, they couldn't be fucking bothered to pick up a phone or email me within a proper amount of time, so what does that tell you, what you really want to work for those people, and you know, I try not to get political on this, uh, on this podcast, and uh, something happened in between when I posted and when I stopped posting, which was like student loans. And, man, um, this just got me thinking. And I'm going to go on a quick tangent and I'm going to reel myself back. I'm going to even highlight uh, where I where I left off so I can go back. Um, real quick, just a quick tangent. This is like... Experiencing this job market and hearing all these fucking retards on the internet being like, nobody wants to work. America's lazy. Nobody wants to work nowadays. It's struggling to find people. Everybody's hiring. They are and they aren't, bro. They're looking for fucking stupid people that want to work 20 hours a week. Nobody's hiring people like me who really want to work 40 hours a week, who want to apply themselves to the job. They don't want that shit because then they got to treat you like you're worth something. I said that before. Now, I'm not trying to go super like socialist and communist being like capitalism sucks. There's problems with capitalism. We could definitely fix it. Employees could be treated better. We could do all that shit and still be under the guise of, in the in the umbrella of capitalism, right? But what really stuck out to me was when um, the, the federal government and Joe Biden passed that shit about student loans, right? Now, I got a brother. He took out some student loans. He's been struggling with them shits for years, right? You know what really pisses me off? Is I see a bunch of like Republicans and right wing people that to this day will bring up that in 2008, all these companies got bailed out. All these banks got bailed out. GMC got bailed out. Ford got bailed out. All these corporations in America got bailed out so our economy didn't go belly up. But heaven forbid... A common man, an average Joe, a working class citizen get bailed out from their own government. Everybody's like, yo, fuck them. I didn't go to college. Why the fuck do they get a break? You know, I see the same shit right now when I'm going out applying for job after job after job and I'm I'm handing in fucking paper resumes. I'm going and asking in person for a manager. I'm not just leaving it up to Indeed or snag a job. I'm not just leaving it up to the powers that be that my name gets picked out of a fucking list on a computer screen. No, I'm going in. I'm dressing nice. I got my smell goods on my fragrances my my um, fuck. I was going to say perfume, but that's for women. I got my cologne on. You know, I'm smelling good. I'm looking good. I got a fresh fitted. I got a fresh fit. I got nice shoes on. I'm going in to make an impression. And you know what I get? Nothing. I get dog shit, bro. I get fucking people looking at me like they're waiting for me to finish my sentence so they can go back to their fucking nine to five and not fucking worry about somebody else. That's what I get. I get corporate America looking at me like, why the fuck did this kid bring me a resume? I'm not gonna read this shit. You know why I did it? I did it to stand out. I did it so I might, you know, get a fucking better chance of getting a full-time job so I can pay my bills, save some money, and eventually buy a house or fucking move out of the country. Whatever I want to do, right? But no. Heaven forbid the average Joe, the working man, get a bailout. Heaven heaven forget they get a fucking bone thrown their way, right? And that shit pissed me off, bro. That shit really pissed me off, like... It made me really mad. It made me really mad to see all these people that want to stick up for the working class, for the average guy, for the small guy. You know, they're all right-wing, anti-fucking-government. You need to help out small businesses. So then when people get a fucking forgiveness on a loan they took out, that's a predatory loan to begin with. You got motherfuckers making money off that shit for generations. Imagine you're 18, you don't know no better, you think you're gonna apply yourself and get a degree to get yourself a good job and progress yourself in life, and you just got some fucking, like, what's that motherfucker from The Simpsons, bro? That rich, I don't know his fucking name, but that rich motherfucker from The Simpsons, he just sitting at his desk rubbing his hands like, yeah, they signed another loan, that's fucking... You got doctors and shit that can't pay off student loans, bro. If a doctor who supposedly, since I was a kid, is supposed to make six figures a year and do all this, make all this money, if they can't pay off student loans, how the fuck do you expect somebody who got, like, a physical therapy degree to make some loans if they can't get a job in that shit? You know what I mean? So it's like, it made me real upset to see, like, uh, the working man and the common citizen get bailed out from their own government. And they didn't even get bailed out, bro. At most, you're getting twenty k off them student loans. You know, for for people like my brother who didn't have like all this extra shit, you might get ten grand, ten grand. You know what I mean? And you saw people throwing fits like they just got fucking wrong. Like somebody just came and spit in their fucking Cheerios and took their dick out and slapped them in the face. Like ah ha ha, they got ten grand and you didn't. It's like bitch, they got ten grand off of a hundred grand fucking tab. They got ten percent fuck you mad about bro you're working class you working hvac right you working a fucking tugboat right you working all this shit you making hella money right you making their salary in a day right you bragging about all this shit so why are you mad that they got a bailout you're doing better than them anyway you know what i mean but um yeah it's just a quick rant i want to get that off my brain um so sorry for that sidetrack got a little little emotional but anyways um one of the weirdest things i've been dealing with is that since I haven't had a job in a couple weeks, and since um, I was working at a gas station anyway, I've been feeling like an absolute loser. First class to Nowhereville loser. You know, front of the fucking bus to Loserville. And um, the funny part is, I've had less anxiety than I've had in the past couple of months. You know, knock on fucking wood, now that I said it, who knows what's going to happen, right? But for real though. I've had less anxiety and way less problems in my life. And even when I feel like an urge or a surge of anxiety and the cortisol hormones get released in my body, I feel like I'm able to overcome it in like, uh, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Like even tonight, um, I skipped the whole thing anyway, so fuck it. I, I, so I'd be door dashing. That's what I do. I'd be door dashing to make some money. While I'm looking for a job. And it's it's pretty decent. I made like 300, 400 bucks in a week. It's not bad. Um, but I was out dashing tonight. And uh, I got this like wave of anxiety after I left this place. And after like 10 minutes I was back to like singing songs. And rapping in my car and shit. And um, yeah so. It's weird that I felt more like a loser now. Than I have in the past couple of years. And for some reason my anxiety went like way down. You know what I mean? I think that's super weird. <laughs> when you're like unemployed and like the you know the shit stain the society but you're like damn i kind of feel i kind of feel good about myself or i kind of feel like i hate i don't feel like i'm fucking drowning no more you know but um i'm definitely trying to figure out where i'm where i'm going and what i want to do in life i feel like there's a hard question nowadays and i feel like a lot of people don't have an answer and I feel like some people who have an answer just kind of settled for it, like they fell into it, and they're like, "Ah, well, I'll just do this," you know, until it, until it really pans out for me. And um, yeah, man, I've been in this weird, uh, this weird place of like retrospection. That was like, not only am I looking back at like wrong decisions, I'm also looking at like right decisions. Like, as bad as I feel right now, and as much time as I feel like I have wasted in Florida. And living down here. I still feel like it was the right decision to leave Chicago. I felt like if I stayed in Chicago. I would have just. As creative as I was. I don't think I would have ever made the connections. Or really pursued any. I felt like I would have just ended up in a rabbit hole. And I feel like moving to Chicago. Was a really good step for when I was 19. But I feel like leaving Chicago. Was a really good step for when I was 21. You know so. I was like 18. 18. It's like 18 when I went to Chicago, but it's not really important. I'm just saying, like, the more I think about my life and the decisions I've made and the people I don't speak to anymore, the people I do speak to, and the people I try to reconnect with, I really feel more and more like I'm making more right decisions than wrong decisions. Um, I feel like I'm starting to realize what's important to me. And, um, I was listening to this streamer. I've mentioned him on the pod before. His name's Destiny. He has a lot of, like, political content. But, man, he said something about growing up, about, like, when, you, when you're, when you like, 24 or 25, you really need to start recognizing, like, what's important to you and what's important in life. And I feel like I'm kind of doing that. And I feel like maybe that's why I feel so uncomfortable and unsure sometimes is because maybe things I thought were important I don't think are important anymore And things that I really think are important, I'm starting to be like, no, this is what matters. And um, that's like I said, I I quit a job where I was making decent money. I was working 40 hours a week. I had dental insurance, uh, you know, life insurance, 401k. I had vacation time, sick time. And I quit that job and I felt like a loser for like a week. And ever since then, bro, I felt like a loser, but like I have way less anxiety. So like what does that say? By society standards, yeah, I'm twenty five. I live with my parents and I DoorDash to make money to pay my bills. But I don't I don't fucking hate myself as much. I don't have as much anxiety as I thought. I'm not really upset or depressed every day like I used to be. So what does that really say? What does that mean? You know? And these are things I'm starting to contemplate. And, you know, like I said, too, like there's people in my life that um, like my buddy Calvin, me and him been playing video games and he even be, um, what's it called? It's like a FaceTime, but on Facebook. It's just like a it's like a, a video call on Facebook. He be doing that shit out the blue. I remember when I lived in Chicago, I said a lot of mean shit to him. I said a lot of shit that was out of pocket one day when I was just it was like I think I had a long weekend. I was just day drinking at like 20 years old and to, I don't even know if he wants me to talk about this shit, I shouldn't have said it, but um, I guess I'll run it by him, hopefully you won't have a problem with it, but I think at the time he was supposed to move up there with me, and it ended up not working out, I think one day I just got mad, like, you know, you can't do the things I can do, and I, and I was basically like feeling myself, I got on my high horse, my high horse, and I was like, you know, you can't change your address, you don't even have a driver's license, you don't know nothing about getting a job, like, I just said a lot of mean shit, telling him he was gonna be nothing, and, you know, a lot of personal shit that I shouldn't divulge, but he stopped talking to me, he blocked me, and it took literal years, like, I'm saying less than a year since I've been talking to him again, like, months, maybe, and that was when I was, like, 18, 19 years old, and for years on end, I was, like, upset. I regretted losing that friendship and, and being that way. And um, the more more I think about it now, there's some relationships where I'm like, yo, it's a good thing I lost that one. It's a good thing I moved on from this person, that person. Um, but then I think about that, and I'm like, I'm grateful I was able to reconnect with my homie Calvin for sure, especially because I was in the wrong. He didn't deserve that. That was just me taking out insecurities and and not being happy with my situation and also a part of it was from love i didn't want him to get stuck there i didn't want him to be around the same people that were telling him he didn't need to leave and kind of enabling his lifestyle that i thought was bad for him but that was like 20 percent. 80 percent of it was just me being pissed off and wanting to to talk my shit and be on my high horse 20 percent of it came from a good place and the fact that it took me years to get that back uh, these are things like I've been thinking about in the past couple of weeks, where it's like, man, I really have kind of grown up a little bit. And also, there's been other situations where I'm like, you know, I could have de-escalated that, or I could have not said this certain thing to this person, or I could have done this a different way. Now, could I change certain things? No, but I think having the retrospect to where, if it ever came up, if I ever ended up in a situation with one of those people, or I ended up in a situation where I could talk about that. I would definitely uh, look back on it and be like, that wasn't smart and it wasn't a good idea. Um, This is kind of a segue into what I wanted to talk about. Like on the tail end of this episode was the UFC. Um, Nate Diaz had his last fight on Saturday. um, And um, Saturday, the 10th of September, 2022. And Nate Diaz um, has always been a big fight, like a big favorite of mine. Um, And, um, there's this clip of when, uh, Nate talks about, uh, so there's another fighter named Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, he's like probably a lightweight hall of famer for sure. Undefeated in the UFC, never been done before, yada, yada, yada. Basically, um, Nate Diaz went to a fight to watch his friend, like to a, not a UFC fight, but a different promotion. He went to watch one of his homies fight and this guy Khabib and all his friends were there and he said he could tell they were all talking shit and making fun of him. And then they took a picture and uh, he was in the background. They were like making fun of him. So he said he went up to Khabib and slapped him and like started a bunch of shit. And it was like 12 Russian dudes. And then just Nate by himself. And Nate retells this story to whoever he's doing an interview with. And he tells this story and to everybody who was like a fan favorite of Nate it's because he's a gangster. He lives it. Like he walks it like he walks how he talks he lives it you know you you get it how you live it you know what I mean like he's really out here and at the end of the story Nate looks at me he goes now that probably wasn't smart and I shouldn't have done it it was really stupid and reckless for him to say that like when I watched that at 25 I was like damn like I guess there are some things I've done in my life where I was like that was good at the time and in the moment, like, yeah, stand up for yourself and, and don't be nobody's bitch. And, like, who cares if it's 12v1? Like, you got to fucking show them, like, y- all 12 of y'all can fight me. But, like, I'm going to fight back. You know, I might lose. But now in hindsight, no, it's not smart. It's really reckless, you know. And the more I think about that shit, the more I feel like I'm in that spot of my life um, just now. Like, looking back things I did at 18, 19, where I'm like, damn, um, that probably wasn't smart, you know. Like, uh, one of the biggest examples I have is when I worked at that uh, Navy base in Chicago. I remember when I got hired, they were like, yo, if you leave this job for any reason, if you quit, if you move on to something else, whatever it is, there's an exit interview you have to do. And if you don't do it, you'll never be allowed to be rehired by this company, this subset of the Navy or the Navy Exchange, whatever it was. They won't hire you back if you didn't do that interview. They told us a story about this like 65 year old lady. Who like worked at a gas station when she was 16 and she had a problem with a manager or a coworker or something. She stormed out, didn't do an exit interview, right? She came back when she was 65 years old. Sweet, nice old lady, you know, super nice, super hireable. And because she didn't do that interview, they couldn't hire her again. And they had to tell her like, yo, we're sorry, but like you didn't do this thing. Now, I can't remember if I did or didn't do my exit interview, but what I do remember is when I left that job at the Navy base, I was so jaded and pissed off that I was supposed to work Monday through Friday for the last week, and Friday was the busiest day, so on Thursday night, I packed all my shit up, I grabbed everything in that office that resembled something of mine, and I took that shit, and I left, and I took that Friday off, and I never went back. And for the life of me, I can't remember if I did that interview or not. Like, in the moment, for me, it was like, yeah, I'm going to stick it to these motherfuckers. Y'all didn't appreciate me. I'm moving on. I don't need this job. I don't need you. I don't need nothing. And in the moment, you know, for me, it felt worth it. But looking back now, I'm like, that was kind of reckless. Because I don't, not, <laughs> like, <laughs> hand up. I hope I don't ever need to fucking go work at the Navy Exchange again. But, like, fuck, wouldn't that be nice if I really needed it, you know? So, just a little anecdote about not to be crazy and reckless, um and if you do, I guess make sure it's worth it cuz like in the moment for me it's still worth it. I still think it's worth it. I don't think I'm ever go back but you know, it is a tough pill to swallow if you need it, you know what I'm saying? So, just keep that in mind. All right. That's been like 35 minutes. That's over half the episode uh, episode. Jesus Christ. It's over half the episode that I normally do. And uh, I'll switch it up. I'll brighten it up for y'all. Um this is something I've been wanting to talk about and it's something that has become important to me again and it used to be super important in my life um especially in Chicago when I was kind of finding myself as a young adult um the UFC the UFC has become so important to me again I've been watching I think for the past two months I've been watching every single card whether it's a fight night whether it's a main event a pay-per-view whatever I've been watching almost all the prelims and the main card um And it just really, it kind of filled a hole, man. Like, I try to watch football. I don't watch NBA. I watch college basketball if it's on. I watch some college. I'm trying to get back into college football. I'm trying to get back into football in general. But, like, the UFC and MMA, that that was always kind of like my bread and butter. Like, once I moved to Chicago and I started meeting some people that watched it and wanted to talk about it, I kind of found, like, a niche. I was like, man, a lot of people don't know about this. A lot of people don't know the fighters. And now, a lot of the fighters that I found when I was watching it, they're getting old and washed up, and they're not fighting no more. They're not winning no more. Um, They're not the up-and-coming guys no more. They're, like, kind of staples in the sport. And I was like, damn, man, like, I kind of fell off. Like, I remember finding, like... There's a few people I found like I remember when Sean O'Malley, I found Sean O'Malley before he was ever big. I found Tony Ferguson who just lost. I found Tony Ferguson when he was like a top contender, you know. I found um Israel Adesanya before he was champion. I remember Kamaru Usman winning the Ultimate Fighter. Um all kinds of shit, bro. I remember I remember watching uh Volkanovski on undercards. I remember watching uh Peter Yan on undercards. I remember watching um Fuck, I don't even know the light heavyweight guy. Uh, he's got a, fuck, I can't remember his name. But anyways, I remember seeing a lot of these fighters come up on undercards, on preliminary matches, and working their way up. And now they're like staples. In this, like, now everybody knows who they are. And for a time, for me, that's that's what I lived for. It was my sport. You know, I listen to interviews. I listen to podcasts. I got to know about it. Um, and here lately, the UFC has become a big part of my life again. You know, every Saturday, that's all I look forward to is like, Oh, there's fights this week. You know, I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch the prelims. I'm going to listen to the interviews. I'm going to watch the press conferences. You know, ba- back in the day, I remember, it was even before Chicago, so I kind of lied. The, you know, uh, I'm a huge Conor McGregor stand. That doesn't mean I support everything he does or everything he has done or even the fact that he doesn't fight anymore. But when I was living in Florida after I graduated high school, it was right before Conor fought Aldo. And I remember watching the build-up to Conor to fight Aldo. And then I remember finding out... I couldn't even watch the fights back then because I didn't know where to get them. I didn't know where to watch them. I didn't know anything about it. But I remember hearing that McGregor knocked out Aldo in 13 seconds. And I remember the next day watching the footage. And I remember watching the backstage footage. And then I remember that the notorious, you know, documentary came out on Netflix... And then I moved to Chicago after all that, right? And then I really got into it. And then he fought Eddie Alvarez. And then he went on to fight Floyd Mayweather. And he did all these things. He fought Khabib, you know? And that was, like, a big part of my life, you know what I mean? And now I'm starting to feel like that again where I'm watching interviews. I'm watching press conferences. I'm finding new fighters I like, you know? And it just, not only does it fill a void, but it, there's an air of nostalgia to it where I'm like, damn, like, This is what it used to feel like. And especially then, I remember, I think the second song I ever made on my SoundCloud that I made on my phone on GarageBand when I was living in Chicago was called The Art of Attraction because that's what Conor McGregor would talk about. And I remember I turned up my TV. I had like a 50-inch Vizio. I turned that shit up as loud as it could go. And I sampled a Conor McGregor video of him like just doing his quotes and his his ingenious way of speaking back even if it wasn't trash talk, McGregor had a way of talking that was just, ah, it was not even infatuating, it was like enveloping, like, if you really bought into that shit, it would just take over your mind, and, you know, especially me as a young man, I was like 18, 19 years old, I was very impressionable, I think it stuck with me a lot, and I remember like, that's what I took, and I made a song called The Art of Attraction, uh, or The Law of Attraction, whatever it was, and, um, That shit was really important to me and it influenced me a lot. And that's before Joe Rogan was super popular and before he signed with Spotify. I remember watching the first Joe Rogan MMA show episode. So there's the Joe Rogan experience and then now I think it's like... 60, 70 episodes where he'll interview, he'll interview like UFC or MMA fighters. I remember watching the first one that came out. You know what I mean? Like I remember being so hooked on him and Eddie Bravo and Brendan Schaub and and Brian Callen and all these people that are now like somewhat obscure, somewhat like clowned upon or allegations. Like back then, it was pure and it was something new. And um, damn man, I watch that shit every week. I've been super involved. I tweet about it. You know, I watch all kinds of shit. And it kind of got me thinking that along with this podcast, I might start a whole another podcast that's just about UFC and MMA because um I really find myself on Sunday mornings after I watch a good card or after I watch, you know, all these fights and all these things happen. I have a lot of opinions that I want to say and um, you know, I feel like maybe people who listen to this podcast might not really like being into MMA or UFC, but I feel like if I started that branch, it would be just uh it would be another thing to keep me motivated and be another project that I could really put my heart into. So not only can I watch the fights, I can take notes while I watch the fights and have things to talk about for the next day. So it's every week almost I got content to put out. And um yeah, it feels really good to be like motivated again. Like, you know, I know a bunch of dudes on, you know, that I'm friends with from high school that on Twitter and Facebook, like they wait all year for the NFL season and in the off season they're just talking about trades and and scouting reports and drafting and you know, they live for that shit. That's how I feel about the UFC, bro. I live to see who comes up on the like you don't really like the ufc unless you watch like prelims in my opinion anybody could watch a main card and be entertained but if you're watching the preliminaries you're trying to see who's up and coming who are these guys that nobody knows about yet and back in the day i was really good at scouting that shit and i remember even when i first moved to florida when I worked at the pawn shop, uh, one of the owners, he would bet on UFC fights and he would come to me and ask me questions. And I think, uh, I never won like a bunch of money cause I was a pussy. I was afraid to bet anything, but I think the the times I did bet or the time I gave him picks, they did very well, uh, because I had an eye for the sport and, um, yeah, it's just something that always made me feel, I don't know, like I had something different going on, you know, like I was in a different lane than everybody else. So, um, yeah, it's really cool to, man, I get like chills. Like when I watched Leon Edwards knock out Kamaru Usman like two, three weeks ago, I was in the midst of like depression and anxiety and watching that fight, man. It just gave me, it was like watching a Rocky movie in real life. He was just, he was coming from behind. He was getting, I wouldn't say he's getting his ass well, but like, you know, he was down on the card. He didn't take a lot of damage, but like he was just losing the fight, you know, he was just losing the fight and he comes back with like a minute left in the fifth round and just knocks this dude out with a head kick becomes world champion like she almost brought me to tears thinking about it and it just was like damn like i miss this bro i miss i've always said like every other sport is an analogy for fighting and even boxing is an analogy for mma like mma is who wants it bro who can fight better overall whether you can wrestle, Kickbox, Muay Thai, Karate, whatever the fuck. Like, who wants to who wants this shit more? Can you wrestle and strike? Can you strike and wrestle? Like, it's the it's the equivalent of human chess, and to watch that shit go down live and to see some shit like like I'm so blessed that I've watched so many good fights. Like I watched Jorge Masvidal with the fastest knockout ever on Ben Askren. I watched Conor McGregor beat uh, Eddie Alvarez. Like even on a even on a fight I don't appreciate. Because I don't like the guy. I watch Khabib beat Conor. I watch, you know, Khabib beat Dustin Poirier and Justin, Justin Gaethje. I watched Charles uh, Charles Oliveira beat uh, Justin Gaethje. Like, I- I've seen a lot of good fights that will be remembered in time. I remember one of the best fights I ever saw was Robbie Lawler versus uh, Rory McDonald. It was one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. I watched, you know, uh, the first original uh, Wonder Boy versus Tyron Woodley. Like, when I think about all the fights I've been able to see in my life, I'm like, damn, like I've seen some good shit and I've missed out on a lot of good fights as well. And, you know, like I said, to to, to kind of find something again where I'm like, damn, like this is important to me. This is something I really value. That's everything. Like that's everything to me. And that's why I think a part of me wants to start like an MMA slash like UFC podcast. Um, Just not only for myself, just because I feel like I can offer something I feel like um, I have a different opinion than other people, and I feel like I have a different way of looking at it. So, you know, that's that's kind of it. But there we go, episode forty six, um, the hiatus. I think that's what I'm gonna call it. The hiatus is over. I'm back, and um, yeah, stay in tune. Uh, I feel good. I feel better than I felt while I wasn't posting. Um, so I hope to post again um i hope to post this friday so i know this is a wednesday when this is going up so hopefully in two more days you'll have another another episode to uh catch up on so thank you all for listening even if it's just my homie brett even if it's just my homie vincent even if it's just my mom you know to the three or ten people that listen to this episode i appreciate it uh i know better than anybody when you stop posting you lose a lot of steam And uh, I've accepted that, and I'm cool with it. So from here, it's only back to the top. You know what I'm saying? From here, it's just back to the grind. So I appreciate everybody who listens uh, and took some time out of their day to uh, listen to this episode. Um, And don't worry. I didn't forget weekly recommendations. I'm giving y'all two. It's both music-related because I've been driving around a lot doing DoorDash, listening to my own music. Uh, The first one I want to shout out uh, is this young cat he's a new age artist is a boy with a uke or boy with a uke uh dude's got really good songs i've always been into like lo-fi you know um uh, alternative pop kinds of shit he reminds me of like 21 pilots but by himself um he's really good uh, i found him on youtube shorts it was probably a TikTok, but yeah he's got a lot of good music he does a lot of shows I think he's been like popping off on social media recently, but he's kind of up and coming. So boy with a uke, uh, one of my favorite songs is scared of the dark, but he also has that song friends like uh, "Oh, my friends are toxic. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Check him out. He's really good. And uh, I think his uh, aesthetic, he's got a mask. You know, I love anybody with a mask. Mask characters are always the best characters. So check him out boy with uke. You can find him on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find music and entertainment and then the second one is kind of a stan. It's kind of a stan slash simp recommendation, but old Kanye. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of the... I wish I need to find if there's a name for it, but the original trilogy of albums, uh, College Dropout, Late Registration, and Graduation, those three albums by Kanye, I just went back and listened to um, College Dropout and Late Registration back-to-back back while I was door dashing one night. It was such a good experience, and then the next day I listened to Graduation, and I felt like I found such such a big like discovery or differentiation between the three albums once I listen to them back to back to back and I think it's just such a good experience um to listen to and like experience fucking how Kanye grows how the music changes how even his persona from college dropout to late registration like late registration is such a bigger fucking ego of Kanye and then graduation is like the bigger ego but like able to handle it like at the end of graduation he gives a lot of props to Jay with Big Brother and there's also like Everything I'm Not maybe Everything I Am um even like Good Morning is such a good fucking track like you go from Late Registration which is like a Kanye trying to prove himself or sorry, sorry 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 you go College Dropout which is a Kanye trying to prove himself in College Dropout proving he can make songs proving he can rap proving he can produce then you go to late registration, which is Kanye like, I'm making hits, I'm the biggest thing out here, ain't nobody better than me, I'm in fucking Vegas on acid through East St. Laurent glasses type shit, diamonds are forever, throw your, di- throw your hands in the sky if you feel the vibe, you know? And then you go to graduation, which is like Kanye evolving, but at the end also paying homage the same way he did on Last Call, on um, like Big Brother is almost like an ode to Last Call on College Dropout. So if you have some time, if you need some some listening material, whether you had a job or just in traffic, go back and listen to the first three Kanye albums. I think if you listen to them all in succession, I think it's a great journey. And I think uh, if you really like Kanye and hip hop, you find a lot of you, you get a lot out of it, in my opinion. So um, check that shit out. If you about it, about it. If not, um, check out Boy With A Uke and have some more chill, uh, lo-fi pop Alternative pop music, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, thank you everybody for listening. As always, hit me up justlastweekpodcast at gmail dot com. Whether you have a comment, a question, concern, a riddle, a hate mail, fan mail, whatever kind of mail, we'd appreciate it. Justlastweekpodcast at gmail dot com. Hit me up personally if you know me personally on my cell phone. Uh, add the Snapchat justlastweekpod on Snapchat where I don't post, but I'll post. Follow us on YouTube where I'm trying to hook up uh, more videos that I haven't um, <laughs> that I haven't uploaded in a while, and uh, yeah, like I said, thank you to everybody for coming out and listening. Uh, sorry for the uh, sorry for the hiatus, but we're back and as always make sure you steal somebody's phone whether it's your significant other your cousin your aunt a random person on the on the on the bus on subway on the train at your job whatever take their phone go to spotify type in just last week podcast and subscribe them to it go on apple podcast type in just last week" podcast and subscribe to it on there so they get all our updates and new episodes on the pod and as always thank you